Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everyone, it's Chris Platty. Are you tired of looking at the same clothes in your closet? Do you want new clothes? Well, if yes, then check out Anti Forever USA. They are the official sponsor of Strictly Hoop Talk and Strictly Hip Hop, both my podcast series. And they just launched their website about a month ago and they have their first first batch of clothing being shipped soon i have a i have a nice windbreaker on the way and they are coming out with more designs soon i will put a link in the description so check out anti forever usa for some awesome clothing and pretty soon they will be working on a promo code for listeners of my podcast to save some money so stay tuned for that Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Strictly Hoop Talk. I am your host, Chris Platty, and yes, Strictly Hoop Talk is now the name of the NBA podcast that I am doing. Uh, so finally, after after a long after a long thinking process and marketing process, I decided on the name. Um, more to come, more to come soon. More big announcements to come soon. But right now, let's get you to some hoop talk. So first, the Cavs versus the Warriors arm race now. If you watched the NBA last night or if you've been reading the headlines this morning, you know that LeBron has been wanting a playmaker. And he said he said that he desperately needed a playmaker following the loss to the, the Pelicans who didn't have Anthony Davis last night. And with the, with the Cavs, I agree that they need playmaking, but I don't know how exactly they're going to go about getting a playmaker because of their their very very strict cap um salary cap situation makes it damn near impossible to find a good quality point guard. I mean, they basically got to find one for about 1 to 2 million dollars and there's not a good quality 1 to 2 million dollar point guard. So what the Cavs will do and what I think the Warriors will also be be looking to do is is look at the buyout market. The buyout market has become in the last couple of years uh, a huge, huge component for, especially for contenders. Uh, it's been a it's been a trend that's developing in the NBA where veterans on on bad teams, you know, maybe in the last year or two of their contract, the situation's sour. They want to go play a chance. Uh, they want to go play for a chance to win a championship, and they ask for a buyout, and you know, and that's how that's how it goes. So. Um, there are some buyout candidates out there. There's Darren Williams 
is a very strong candidate, and I think that if the Cavs could land Daron, that would be a huge, huge get um, because because they do need a backup point guard. And it's more than just a playmaker. It is a backup point guard that they really, really need. Um, now, granted, granted, Duran is not the defensive player that Del Vadova is, but Duran is is a good shooter. A, I would say, I would argue, a better shooter than Del Vadova, despite the numbers. I would argue that Duran is a much better playmaker, and he also, I mean, he's still having good games every now and then in Dallas. So, I would like to see Duran, if if he is bought out by the Mavs, go to. The, the Cleveland Cavaliers and I think that would be a mutual beneficial move for both parties I don't know how likely Dallas is to buy out they are in the process of bottoming out so I think it makes sense for for Dallas's side as well as as well as Duran giving him a chance to compete uh but yeah the 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 buyout market is huge for for these contending teams because they're so most most of the time when you're a contending team you're very strict on salary cap and you're not really able to make a lot of um you're not really able to make a lot of moves because one you really like the core that got you there because you wouldn't be a championship contender if you didn't have eight to ten players that you really really like playing together and keeping on your team so one it's hard enough finding a player on your team to trade and two it'd be it'd be hard enough to find a player that a, a player on the bench that you can get in the league that will fit your contract or that will fit the, the salary cap situation. Sorry. Um, and also, also, I mean, those kinds of trades like the Kyle Korver trade do cost draft picks and Cleveland is pretty much at the bare minimum of draft picks uh, for the next couple years. So they don't really have many even assets to give up. I mean, they really have none unless of course you're talking about moving stars, but um, I I, I did say the Warriors too, and the reason I say the Warriors is because I know JaVale McGee is starting to come into his own, and maybe maybe he will uh, he will continue to grow with this Warriors team and actually become a, a very good pickup for them. I like the pickup from day one, but I still think if I'm the Warriors, I'm looking at the buyout market. I'm waiting to see if there's another center or power forward, just another big on the uh, on the buyout market because they're obviously stacked at the guard positions with Curry and Livingston, and the wing is just the wing. They have a plethora of wings. They have you know Ian Clark, obviously Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson. They're they're stacked on the wings, so that's not and of course Iguodala. And that's not an that's not an issue for them. They have a surplus of wing players, but I don't think that I don't think that if you trade any of those player any of those players like Ian Clark, who I think would be the only expendable player for the Warriors, I don't think you get a quality center in return that can match the contracts because Ian Clark, I believe, is paid on the minimum. I'm not entirely sure if it's the minimum or if it's 900k. I would have to check the numbers, but. Again, you're dealing with when you're a contender. Most most of the time, you're dealing with a very stressful and very strict cap situation. So keep your eye on the buyout market because that is starting to unfold. And I think the Cavs and the Warriors will both be actively looking, whether they make it a move or not. But it's just it's just something to watch because that arms race between the two teams is very interesting. Uh, so keep that in mind. Now I want to move on to a little game that I have. It's just buyers or sellers. You've probably heard this game before. 
And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw out some teams and I'm going to tell you if they should buy or sell and for who or what that should, they, should they look for. So first is the red hot Philadelphia 76ers. Yes, you heard me right, folks. Philly is red hot right now. 2017 is already playing tricks with us. But Philadelphia is actually tied for the second best record in the last 10 games in the Eastern Conference. With the 7-3 record in the last 10 games, they look to be they look to be coming together very nicely. They lost uh, their last game without Joel Embiid. Uh, Joel Embiid is expected to come back Friday. But they now sit at 15 and 17, or sorry, 15 and 27 rather. And they are quite a few games out of the playoffs. They are about they are about four and a half games out of the playoffs right now. But I will say that um, Embiid has already said that he wants to make the playoffs and that he thinks they can make a push at it. And with how wild this Eastern Conference has been, I wouldn't put it past Philly to make a run. Um, at the at the Eastern Conference playoffs, especially if they get Ben Simmons back, so I I say I say Philly should buy, but I have conditions with this buy. Obviously, Philly's not going to do anything or should not do anything to ruin what they have what they have going, which is they have two stars, maybe two franchise players, and so don't throw away picks, don't throw away any of that, keep all that, but. I will say if whether it's a buyout market or a trade here or there, if they can get some veteran guys in the locker room, I am big on veteran guys in the locker room because I truly believe that having those kinds of people in your ear, especially especially in a sport like basketball where everything is crazy and you're a celebrity and you're also an athlete and you got all of these things going on and you're constantly under the microscope, I think it's very important to have people who have walked in your shoes. I mean, I could say, I could say for myself as example in the podcast, in the podcast industry and everything, that I value the advice of everyone who is above me and who has, you know, given me and given me uh, some words of wisdom. And so, I, I think it really helps players grow. Uh, I think it, it, and it will also help to create a winning culture try and get a guy who's you know won a championship or been in good situations and he can really get in these guys ears uh Ben Simmons and Bede and even the rest of the guys who we don't know if these if anyone else outside of them is a long-term is a long-term player I mean you'd like to think that Saric is they they seem to have incredible faith in him but um Okafor and Noel who who knows what what's going on with them I would say though, I would say that they should trade Okafor or Noel or Noel at the trade deadline. They should get it over with, and I would use them, one of them, to get. Obviously, you want to get back a pick or something to help continue the the building process, but I would also very much value if you could get a couple veterans, whether it's through the trade or whether it's through free agency or the buyout market, just because. That, that winning culture is huge, man, and that experience and that guidance is very huge for a young team. I think that's why the Pistons are struggling because the Pistons are a team that they upgraded they upgraded their roster. Like, I mean, it's just it's just facts. They upgraded their three weakest positions on the roster, and uh, they had a full year with Tobias now, and yet they're worse than they were last year. Why? Because they lost Anthony Tolliver and Steve Blake 
and those guys in the locker room that can keep a young core together. And and Detroit is much older than uh, than Philly. I mean, Joel Embiid and, and Simmons, those guys are kids. They're babies. And, you know, and then you got Reggie Jackson, Andre Drummond, KCP, all these guys in Detroit, and they're four or five years deep, and some some of them even longer, and they still don't know what they're doing. So I'm big on veterans. Uh, if, so if Philly can get a veteran, that's, that's a buy. That's a must-make move. But um, obviously don't do anything to sacrifice the future. So the next team is Atlanta. Now Atlanta's interesting because they traded Corver, so then it looked to seem that they were they were open for business. And then about a week later, maybe a little less, they took everybody off the market, including Paul Millsap, uh, who's scheduled to be a free agent. And they took him off and they said, We're not trading, we're not we're we're off the market, we like what we got, blah blah blah. But I think I personally think that was BS because they just lost an all-star in Al Horford and one of the best centers in the Eastern Conference. And they lost him for nothing. And they can't afford to do that again with Paul Millsap. They have to they have to get something for him. I I know I'm not saying it's a big deal. I'm not saying I think they have to, but I'm saying I believe the front office believes that they don't want to relive just walking, letting two stars walk in in back-to-back summers, which was the same exact fear that OKC had once Kevin Durant left. Now, granted, those stakes are much higher; they're much better players, but still, it it applies it applies in a vacuum um, to the situation that Atlanta is is dealing with. So, I think Atlanta should sell at the trade deadline. I think they should try and sell everything they they can. Um, Paul Millsap, Dwight Howard. I don't know. I don't really know <laughs> what they're gonna do with Howard. Uh, it'd be it'd be early to bite the bullet on Howard. But then again, I mean, he doesn't. If you're trading Paul Millsap and you're going with a rebuild, what is Dwight Howard gonna do for you? You don't you don't want Dwight Howard as the voice in the locker room. You don't want that. So. Um, I would say I would say they look to trade Howard. Now I don't think they're going to look to trade Howard. I don't think they're even going to come close to dealing Howard just because of th- the new contract and everything. And not many teams are willing to take on Dwight Howard for three and a half years. Uh, but Paul Millsap, on the other hand, a team like Toronto can swing for the fence and say let's get him, and maybe. Toronto believes that if they get Paul Millsap, they have a shot at beating Cleveland. So uh, if I'm if I'm Atlanta, I mean, y- you you could get anything for Millsap, and it would be it would be a win because I know Millsap's heart is in Atlanta. Uh, at least that's what he said on numerous occasions. But I think there's a strong chance he leaves, and I also believe that I also believe that Paul Millsap is. Um, even if he wants to stay in Atlanta, I think that it's time for Atlanta to rebuild. I think it's time for them to tear this thing down. They already started with Corver, so why not continue that process? Okay, next, the Portland Trailblazers. Now, this is an interesting team. They're a team in the playoffs, in that in that fight for the playoffs, in the eighth seed in the Western Conference. 
And they had success last year. They had great success last year. Actually, around this time last year is when they started to really catch fire and and propel propel up the standings like crazy. So uh, it could happen again, but things just don't look as as glorious and as um, as great as they did last year. Kind of like what Milwaukee had, the setback Milwaukee had. I think Portland is going through that same thing. They were they made the leap too soon, and they're too young. So um, I can expect some regression from them this year, and that's exactly what we've seen so far. And with Portland, there's a lot of talk about do you trade CJ? What is the ceiling of Dame and CJ? And I say we're not even close to finding out because Dame can get better CJ can definitely get better these guys are young these guys can grow together and it's one of the best backcourts in the league and I'm sorry but I just don't think you break that up unless you get an incredible incredible offer um obviously they could use they could use some work at at the at the rest of the wings as well as the as well as the big man position they could obviously use a a a very skilled an all-star level big but I wouldn't trade CJ. I, I would definitely not trade CJ. Now, that Evan Turner contract, on the other hand, that was just a horrible move. I called it from day one that it was that it was terrible. It was a stupid move. Um, they're going to have some huge problems unloading that contract, even for the next couple years, because that contract is just ridiculously high, and Evan Turner ha- is not worth the four-year $70 million he's gotten so far. And I don't expect him to come close to that. So they would like to ideally move that contract. But with that contract, you have to attach some type of pick or something. Because no team is taking that contract on straight. Believing that uh, Evan Turner will fix their problems. So Portland is interesting. Um, I, I think everybody's overreacting. I think this is just a down year. Look at Milwaukee. They kind of, they kind of, they kept their core intact when they when they had their regression last year, and then they just kind of built around and did a better job building around what they had, and then they kind of retooled and now they're and now they're a pretty good team in the Eastern Conference and they're in the playoff contention fight. I would look for Portland, be open to some type of trades in at the trade deadline, but no, nothing major, just minor shakeups if you can. So I would I would technically call them buyers, but they're kind of in that middle, um, that kind of stay put a wait and see realm. Okay, Denver. Denver is very interesting because they are they are currently they are currently in a strong position to get the AC. They're they're coming together. They're looking great. Uh, I watched them last uh, sorry a couple nights ago against Minnesota, and uh, they just. They look like a really good team. Uh, obviously, they're young, and they kind of they kind of blew it down the stretch. That's their that's their fault, and that's what a young team does. But I like that they have some veterans on their team, and I like that I like a lot of the players they have. But their ceiling's very limited, so I'm suggesting that they be sellers at the at the trade deadline. And here's why: one, they own their own pick this year, so if you fall out. Let's say let's say Denver falls out and decides to sell, and a couple teams in the West decide to be buyers. Then all of a sudden, you could go from the 16th pick to the 12th, 
and that makes a huge, huge difference, and that can mean everything for your franchise, especially if you hit on that draft pick, as well as as well as that's another strong and a more stronger trade chip. Chip, sorry. And another thing is, and I'm not the first to say this, and I won't be the last. They just have too much young prospects. They have just an abundance of young prospects and. I think that I think that they should be sellers at the trade deadline and move Wilson Chandler or Gallinari for a pick because I think those guys are very much worth a first round pick, especially to a contending team and um, give give Denver more draft picks to use. And then for the draft, I would expect them to make a major trade on draft night. If I was Denver, I would be packaging up pretty much anyone they can except for Jokic and and packaging them and going to a team with a top three pick and saying, give me your pick and I'll give you Emmanuel Moutier, uh, Jamal Murray, all these promising guys and a couple of these promising prospects in order to get a top three and a certified star because Nikola Jokic is clearly the star. He's sensational. He's amazing. But you're going to need more than that. And especially in a a point guard heavy draft class I think that this is a year you make that move and you get a top three pick and then you have two corner two potential cornerstone players for your franchise and all of a sudden your ceiling well 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 your current ceiling has become much lower your your overall window of time and your overall ceiling has become far far more higher with the uh with the addition of a, of a really strong point guard so I would definitely look into selling if I was Denver. Uh, I know that they want to make the playoffs, and, and I am a big believer of playoff experience. I, I know I'm contradicting myself on that, but I, but I just look at Denver's situation, and it's unique, and it's different, and I think that they have a lot of great pieces. Will Barton's another good piece who could just be a great sixth man on a good team, uh, a team that's looking to make an extra step, maybe maybe a team like Charlotte who's looking to get a round ahead of where they would normally get instead of being a first round exit maybe be maybe make it to the second round or the conference finals in in a long shot and so moves like that there's definitely a market for players like Chandler Barton and Gallinari now I don't know what you can get because all of them could be potential expiring contracts I know Gallinari has a player option that he'll likely take but um Will Barton and Will Barton and uh sorry Will Barton and Wilson Chandler are, are expiring contracts. I don't know what you can get for for them, but I, I do think you can get some type of pick, some type of late first. And again, you're just kind of doing what Philly does and loading that loading that, that trade cabinet. And then you can just swing in and maybe, who knows, maybe a superstar player is available on the market. Um, Obviously, obviously, Cousins wouldn't be an ideal fit, but he's a name that could potentially be on the market. Obviously, he wouldn't be an ideal fit because of Jokic. But, again, it's it's those kinds of situations, and you never know when a star is going to become available. They don't become available often. So when you do, I think Denver might arguably have the the greatest amount of trade assets to offer. They can offer prospects. They can offer picks. They can offer everything. So if I'm Denver, I'm looking to sell and just continue to, I mean, yeah, it might sacrifice an extra year or two, but 
you're going to raise your ceiling a hell of a lot more by, by sacrificing this year or two. All right, guys. So that's it. I'm going to keep it short because it was a solo podcast today. I'm uh, going to try and have a guest for you next week. But, um, yeah, I'll be releasing podcasts, NBA podcasts, every Tuesday. And hip-hop podcasts, my Strictly Hip-Hop series, will be dropping every Thursday. So Tuesday you'll get Strictly, you'll get Strictly Hoop Talk. And Thursday, you'll get Strictly Hip Hop. And um, I got some big announcements coming I can't make yet, for, but it's going to really change the podcast. And I, I'm excited, and I hope it takes it to a new level. And I expect it to take the podcast to a new level. But um, some, some major changes are coming, so stay tuned for that. You guys know where you guys can find me on Twitter, and that's at Crispy1132. That's C-H-R-I-S-P-Y-1132. On there, you can find a link to both my Podbean and my iTunes. Also, please subscribe and leave a comment. Uh, your comment could could be aired on a podcast, on a future podcast. I'm going to. I plan on. I got a few comments that I haven't read yet, so I plan on reading those within one of my next podcasts uh, because the fan the fan comments have been great so far. So thank you for that and keep it coming. And stay tuned to my Twitter once again. That's at crispy1132. C-H-R-I-S-P-Y-1132. Very, very big news coming. I'm excited, and I hope it takes this podcast to a next level. Thank you guys for listening, and Strictly Hip Hop will be back on Thursday, so stay tuned for that.